Hello and welcome to the Southampton audio programme for this fixture against Rotherham United. In today's programme, you have a look over your opposition, a word from your manager and of course, your feature interview. Dear Saints fans, welcome back to St Mary's as we sign off a big week for us in the Skybet Championship against Rotherham United. We extend a warm welcome to manager Matt Taylor and to today's visitors, a really well-run club who have performed exceptionally well over a two-year period now, winning promotions to the Championship and deservedly staying in the division last season. They are a very well-organised team who will provide another task for us today. I remember writing in my last programme notes, ahead of the Leeds game, about the importance of the full week we'd had together on the training pitch, working on a few of the things that were not quite right in our game. We found ourselves in a tricky period and it was crucial that we responded in the right manner. So I was really proud of the players and the way they've gone about their work in the last two games. Last time we were here against Leeds, we showed the levels we are capable of reaching against one of the strongest sides in the league. Our first half performance in particular was full of aggression and intensity and our courage to play was outstanding. Right from the start of the game, we were brave enough to play through the opposition from back to front and got ourselves an early lead. What was even more pleasing was the way we maintained that hunger and I felt we were worthy winners on the strength of that first half alone. Even in the moments when it didn't quite click for us, we had that drive to win the ball back and showed a strong mentality as a group to see out the game relatively comfortably in the end. We then followed up that result with what I felt was our most complete performance so far on Tuesday night at Stoke. I think everyone realises that it's never an easy place to go and it speaks volumes of the characters we've got that we're able to play with so much bravery, to dominate the ball, and to play the way we want to play, wherever we go. That was encapsulated by the performance of Gavin Bazunu, who I thought was outstanding, particularly with his distribution, and fully deserved his first clean sheet of the season. Of course, that takes a collective effort from the whole team, especially away from home, and the way the players fought for each other, ran for each other, and threw their bodies on the line was great to see. Being really critical, we really should have killed it off by scoring a second goal after half-time, but ultimately it was a moment of brilliance from Stuart Armstrong that won the game for us. I'm very pleased for Stu. He's been outstanding in the last two games and has shown the quality we all know he possesses. With another international break on the horizon, it's crucial we dig deep and give it one last big push today to turn this week into a brilliant one. We've set a really high standard over the last two matches and that's the level we expect in every game now whilst continuously building together to keep improving. We march on. Time now for your Southampton women's update. Southampton women were well beaten 3-1 by Birmingham City last weekend. Saints were lucky to avoid going behind early on, as Laura Rafferty escaped unscathed following a Birmingham penalty shout for handball, before Kayla Rendell clawed a well-placed header that looked destined to hit the net. Katie Wilkinson had headed an opportunity at the other end from a swing and gem at Burfield cross, but it was visitors Birmingham who opened the scoring in the 12th minute as the ball over the top was brought down and started past the recovering Saints contingent. There were further penalty appeals just after the half-hour mark as the ball struck Rafferty's hand, with the referee this time pointing straight to the spot, only for Randall to save and keep the half-time deficit to a single goal. Despite Saints looking brighter in the second half, Libby Smith secured her brace in the 73rd minute, as she was played in by new signing Ivana Fuso, turning home from close range. Rihanna Dean came on to make her competitive Saints debut, injecting some further energy into the Reds' attack. Emily Craft and Lexi Lloyd-Smith were then introduced in the closing minutes for Ella Morris and Atlanta Primus, but Saints were still struggling to make anything stick. Despite the fresh legs and attack, it was once again Birmingham who had the ball in the net, 
as the clock headed into added time. A ball across the box caused confusion and Rosie Parnell was unfortunate to see it cannon off her and into the net. However, despite the knock of conceding, it was Saints who had the last action of the game. Emily Croft was able to head home a loose ball from a perfect corner for her first ever Saints goal and a consolation for a hard-working team in the sixth additional minute. Bravery and courage. Two traits for Martin always wants to see in his Southampton side. In Samuel Adozi, the manager knows he has a winger who will be fearless enough to take risks in possession to try and create for his team. When Russell Martin speaks about his vision for how he wants his Southampton team to play, it's less about specific actions and more about mindset. Popular buzzwords for the manager include bravery and courage. In days gone by, such words may have meant something different in footballing terms, as the mind instinctively wanders to elastic blocks and thundering into tackles. As the game has evolved, so too has its terminology. Nowadays, bravery and courage more often translate to taking risks, sticking to the plan, under pressure and making the right choice in possession, not just the easy one. That might mean Gavin Bazzuni passing to a marked defender who's facing his own goal, when a predetermined pattern of play can beat the opposition press and create more space for Saints forward players to create opportunities to score. In attacking areas, bravery and courage can refer to being prepared to lose the ball in order to have a greater chance of scoring a goal. In last season's Premier League, Mohamed Salah, Bakayo Seko and Harry Kane were among the most dispossessed players, yet they all ranked in the top four for combined goals and assists at the end of the campaign, along with the record-breaking goal-scoring anomaly, Erling Haaland. To score, you need to have the courage to shoot. To assist, you often need to play a difficult pass. To take on your man and pull another opponent out of position to create space for a teammate, you need to be brave. One of the players who embodies this is in Martin's squad, and that's Samuel Adozi. Quick and direct, a natural ball carrier, Adozi is one of Saints' regular risk-takers. Perhaps that's why, despite signing eight new players in the summer, Martin started the 20-year-old winger in each of Saints' first seven league matches. The youngster responded by scoring the first two goals of his career in back-to-back home games against QPR and Ipswich. It was a big weight off my shoulders to get my first one, he smiles. It was a very big moment. I had my family in the crowd, so it meant a lot to me. I think my celebration showed that. Everyone's told me, once you get the first one, the rest will follow. So I've already had another one after. Let's see how many I can get. Edozi has made no secret of his desire to add numbers, goals and assists to his exciting dribbles and points to a more mature mindset in his game at the start of his second season as a Saint. I think before, when I first came into men's football, for me it was more about just getting at players and trying to take them on. I didn't think too much about what to do after, he admits. But I think now, playing more games and getting a little bit more experience, it's also about that end product. If I can play a game and have four or five shots and only one or two dribbles, I'll be happy with that because that's an end product. I think it's just about maturing and trying to improve that. Idozi insists he will never compromise his natural instinct to run with the ball. Bamboozling fullbacks is an old pastime he's not prepared to give up just yet, but he reveals conversations when the manager are helping him make better decisions. We've got a great relationship, he says. He's tough on me, but I think I need that. He wants the best for me, so he's going to ask a lot from me. He's very encouraging and shows he trusts me from playing me in most of the games this season, so I can't complain and I'm willing to work for him. He's on to me about mistakes because he doesn't want me making them. The less mistakes in your game, the better player you're going to become. 
That's pretty obvious. A manager that's going to be on me with small things, the small details, trying to get the best out of me is definitely someone that I need. Idozi describes the Scarbet Championship as more physical than the Premier League and very end-to-end, quite basketball-like. It's attack versus defence constantly. It's exciting for players like me, who get to attack quite a lot, he adds, helped by Saints averaging a whopping 61.7% possession this season. Like all the attackers, Idozi is finding himself on the ball more often and closer to the opposition goal. The final step, he says, is mastering what comes next. It's everything. When to dribble, when to pass the ball, when to shoot or run behind or come short, he explains. It's different things. Sometimes I'll get the ball and instead of shooting I'll try to take on a man and then the chance goes. So he, Russell Martin, will be on to me about that and he'll show me what I need to do and how to do it next time. Get the ball here, shift it here and shoot. I think that's what you need. More times I'll be getting into these situations. I'll remember what he said and put it into practice. Sometimes you get the ball and play off the cuff, which he's always encouraged me to do. So I'm very happy with that. He's always encouraged me to have that in my game. He wants his wingers to be high and wide. Sometimes it can be frustrating when all of the play is going through the middle and you're not seeing much of the ball. But he wants you to be patient, stay out wide, and sooner or later the ball's going to come to you. When it does, you go and make the difference. Martin was very aware in the early weeks of his reign that he had walked into a club that had been through tough times and that last season's relegation was the result of a longer-term decline and an abundance of change on and off the field. As a consequence of that, St Mary's has, at times, become anxious, further demanding of the need for bravery and courage in his players. The manager has favoured Kamala Dean Suleimana in the last two matches, but in a dozy, he has another winger who never retreats into his shell, always wants the ball and always tries to play forward, even in a high-pressured environment. It's an impressive strength of character in someone so young that does not go unnoticed. I always feel confident in myself, he insists, even when things haven't been going the best for me. I still feel confident in myself and my ability because I know what I can do. I work hard every day, so I know that given the chance, I can take it. I feel like I've never been the type of player who feels too much pressure. I love the game, I love playing football, so I don't feel pressure when I'm trying to take someone on. I'm just thinking about how I can beat them. If it doesn't work, I'll go again and try again, try and create things for the team. I feel like if everyone was to play safe, we wouldn't actually create much, so sometimes players have to play off the cuff and try and create things for the team. That's what I'll always try and do, no matter what the situation. We asked Paul Davis, Rotherham United reporter from the Rotherham Advertiser, to preview today's game from the visitors' point of view. Having bounced between the Championship and League One in recent years, how impressive was last season's survival? Rotherham have been a yo-yo club for six years. They either went up from League One or came down from the Championship, so to be able to stay in the Championship was absolutely huge. What you have to remember is, with Rotherham, they shouldn't actually be in the Championship. They're punching above their weight for the size of club they are. So it's a magnificent achievement just to have been there as often as they have in the last decade or so. Last season, they managed to stay up because Paul Warren laid some good foundations and Matt Taylor carried on that good work. Just to get a foothold in the second tier is huge for them. Shows they can stay here. It's brilliant for belief and confidence, but it's also good for recruitment because it tells players that they have a chance of playing regular championship football if they sign for Rotherham. So they can sign better players, which increases their chances of staying in that high level in future years. How does this season's squad compare to last season, given there were a couple of key departures in the summer? 
we lost Dan Bolleser to Middlesbrough in January. Then we lost Chelsea Ogbeen to Luton in the Premier League in the summer, as well as Ben Wiles, a homegrown midfielder and mainstay of the side for several seasons to Huddersfield. The chairman has dug deep in the summer transfer window. It's 14 new arrivals and they smashed the transfer record by paying over a million pounds for the first time on Sam Nob from Exeter. We're spending more on transfer fees and more on wages, so we're attracting better players. And this is the best squad Rotherham have had in the championship in the decade I've been covering the club. How's the season going so far? Where they've been raining and lucky so far this season is with injuries. Last Saturday, we drew 1-1 at home to Preston, who arrived at the New York Stadium in first place. But after that game, we were left with eight injuries, losing key centre-half Cameron Humphreys to a long-term hamstring complaint. Matt Taylor has never been able to pick his best team. The squad has been light on numbers, and we've not always been able to name a nine-man bench. We've got several players due back in the international break, and that'll almost be like the season beginning again for us when we play Ipswich on October 20th. At home, they're strong. They beat Norwich, they ran Leicester really, really close and would have beaten Blackburn apart from having a man sent off in a crazy manner when they were leading 2-0. They look a decent side at home, but away from home it's not happening for them yet. New York is a tight pitch and they can get on top of opposition easier there and they can on big pitches at away grounds where they've more space to chase. So they've played five in the league and one in the Carabao Cup away and they've lost them all. So the away form is the really big talking point at the moment. Every away game for Rotherham in the Championship is a mountain to climb. What do you expect from today's game? Southampton with Premier League parachute payments, great pedigree and great players is as hard on away games as Rotherham are going to have this season. But if Rotherham are going to stay in the division, they've got to start getting something in away grounds. Last season, they found a way away from home of staying in games, but they only won two. They got 11 draws, getting clean sheets, and those 11 points were important at the end of the season. Who should Saints be wary of? We've signed ex-Forest midfielder Cafu, the Portuguese playmaker, and he's an absolute class act. He gives Rotherham some control, some quality from set pieces, some vision, but suffered a hamstring niggle and missed the last four games. Fingers crossed he'll be back, as well as centre-half Grant Hall, as he's also due back too.